Welcome to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Anna. And I'm Kirsten. And today we are rewinding through 2023. <laughs> I get that suck of my head. <laughs> A little jingle. Today is exciting. I'm excited. Today we're going to talk too. about 2023 and 2024. A little bit of 2024. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to conclude this episode with our top 10 favorite reads. And just as a warning, this is not a regular episode. We're not going to do our recent reads. We're not going to do our recommendation Thank or anything like that. Goodness, because there's only one recent read for me. <laughs> well, it's only been a few days since we recorded the last episode, so mm-hmm. that's fair. <laughs> it's still amazing that there's one because life yeah. has been crazy. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we're going to give our top 10 and a few honorable mentions at the very end of the episode. But first, let's talk about 2024. So we're going to talk about... A few anticipated 2024 releases, books that are coming out next year that we are excited to get our hands on and hopefully read in 2024. Yes. Anna, do you want to start us off with one? Yeah. So a book I am very excited for, and I've actually already pre-ordered it, is Riptide by Lisa T. Bergen. It is the sequel to Estuary that I talked about back in July. And I loved it so much. Or maybe it was August. I remember. Anyways, it was so good. It's it's the sequel series to the River of Time series or In Time or whatever it's called. And I absolutely adore it. And I cannot wait for And I know book two is going to kill me because book one killed me. It was a cliffhanger. But I'm so excited to find out more about the characters and like what's happening and if they're going to choose to stay in medieval Italy or go back to present day and it's just i'm it's not even a question except for plumbing i guess that would make me want to yeah some of the things she talks about that medieval italy like just yeah basically hygiene was not yeah especially for females it was just like no i couldn't do that but (laughs) i couldn't either make up for it the dudes would make up for it. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the part of it that's fiction, though. I don't <laughs> people in yes. medieval times. It's not like as the earth goes forward, people become less attractive over the century. There was a line. I guess we don't in, know. There was a line that said, well, and it, it kind of makes sense because the character goes, the the guys in my time were boys. The guys mm. in this time are men. Like they're made they're, to grow up yeah, faster. That makes and sense. And so they are men. They carried they carried swords around. They sword fought. They were We have very different um priorities in a book. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. All we right. also like also just read very different genres, I feel like too. Yeah, that's like, true. Like I read a lot of romance because That's true. I like romance. <laughs> I read a lot of books that happen to have romance in them, but I don't read them for the romance or know that there's romance going into them and whenever there's not romance i'm always like "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) see i get upset (laughs) it has to be a very good book to have zero romance and me still like it so shout out to (laughs) cm bonchbach because her books are that (laughs) nice that that is impressive okay one book that i am really looking forward to is the second 
Emily Wilde book. And it's coming out in 2024. And the second one is going to be called Emily Wilde's Map of the Other Lands. So the first one is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. And I read that in 2023 and I loved it. It almost made it onto my top 10 list because I liked it so much, but not quite. But it was very good. I think it would be on my uh, top like 20 list. <laughs> but yeah, it's Emily Wilde. I talked about it in a previous episode, but just as a reminder, it's um, kind of like a this world, but a little bit more old fashioned and like, like northern UK mountaintop fairies and winter village folk, like that kind of thing. So it's a lot of fun. Very like Emily Wilde is a super, super grumpy character. And there's a bit of romance and and it's kind of grumpy sunshine, but it it's a, has a very different twist and it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of like fun magic elements. So I'm excited for the second book because the quality of writing is just very good. What's another anticipated release for you? Another anticipated release is The Grandest Game by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Oh, I'm yes. so excited. Me too. So if you remember when I talked about Brothers Hawthorne, um, that book takes place between the last chapter of The Final Gambit and the epilogue of The Final Gambit. So in the epilogue oh. of The Final Gambit, there is mention that Avery is doing this giant... Basically, it's a Tobias Hawthorne scavenger hunt. Yeah. But for the world, and you get invited to come and compete. So the grandest game is that game. And then we're going to get more with Grayson and his issues and Jameson (laughs) and his issues. And it's going to be great. And I'm so excited. And there's going to be new characters. and The books could just be called that. Like book number one, Grayson (laughs) and his issues. Book number two, Jameson and his issues. Book number three, like just all the issues. Mm -hmm. Avery and her issues. Yeah, seriously. That was literally book one was Avery and her issues. Yeah. Grayson and his issues. Right uh, but yes, that comes out in July and I've pre-ordered it already and I'm very excited. I thought about one of my goals for this year being to set like a certain, like a max number of books I can buy. But I thought I would just like, I thought I would just end up hating that and not doing it. So yeah, I'm that's, just not going to do that. That would stress me out. Yeah, I think it like, would stress like me out. Like limit it a little bit, budget of me a little smart after yeah. me. 12 boxes of books i'm like yeah we need to get yes. back <laughs> okay uh, another anticipated release for me is the third book in the timeless series which is called for a lifetime so this is the time travel series where you know in the first one there's a girl and she's living in two different uh periods of time and when she hits a certain age like entering adulthood she has to choose one time to stay in so um the first book was going back and forth between um the revolutionary war and the 1930s i think and then the second one i think no i think that's right and then the second book there were three different timelines and i loved the second book so much and that one was going between the civil war uh the 19 or the civil war 2001 and world war one so it it's all very good and they're always um 
very well done. So I'm really excited for the third one because there's going to be a new twist. It's not going to be the same thing. It's, there's going to be a new twist. And I'm very excited to see how Gabriel Meyer, the author, does it. My last anticipated read for 2024 is Ignite Night by Kara Swanson. This book is coming out in August, I believe. I, I don't know about this. <laughs> it is her new series with Enclave. And Ooh. it's about a Phoenix girl who lives on an icy planet. What? And that's basically all I know. Like I'm on her street team. So I got to read like the first chapter. Uh, and it's so good. Okay. I'm excited. It's, I'm anticipating it now. Yes. It's very, very, you should go watch my, um, so right before we moved was her title reveal. Mm-hmm. And I dressed up as Peter Pan in my Peter Pan cosplay. Oh, I think I remember and, that. And like revealed the title. It was so much fun. This is just a testament to how little I've been on Bookstagram lately. <laughs> but I think I remember when you were doing that. I want to send it to you. But anyways, it was super. I'm just super excited for it because it, it's it's a very interesting premise and it's a very interesting. Um, she hasn't shared a whole lot about it yet, but. Um, what she's shared with her street team makes me super excited for it. So it's exciting when there's an author who maybe doesn't have a ton of books out there. You know, they've only published like a couple of books. It's exciting because if you really liked the few books that they published and they are moving on to new things, like you know mm-hmm. that they've probably learned a lot since their first published book. So you know they're probably just going to be getting better and better. Like that's exciting. <laughs> I look at mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh boy. Like I put this. that out in the world. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> and then I'm like, please don't judge my current stuff by yeah. The whenever I collection see, from two whenever I read something that's like incredible, and then they're they're like, this is a debut author. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, see, no that's way. crazy. I'd be like, if my book was that good as a debut. That's crazy. Where did you go from there? Yeah, seriously. The so only I'm place like, to go is like down. <laughs> I'm glad my books were not fantastic the oh, first time around. Because then I was like, opinion. where do you go from good. there? Well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let's talk about some goals that we have for this next year of reading. I'm honestly, I love looking back at years of reading. So I'm excited to see what different stories we'll get ourselves into this year. So I have two goals for 2024. Um, My first is a reading goal of 75 again, because this year I barely hit that. So why why mess with it? We'll just stick 75 and see what happens. I just like having a little bit of a lower goal because then if it's easier to meet it. And then if I exceed it, I'm like, wow, way to go. And then I also want to try because I'm very, 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 very bad at reading nonfiction. So I have a goal of reading at least two nonfiction yes! books this year. <gasps> yes. Let me let me choose them, please. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh. What? <laughs> hey, I'm reading a, an Advent nonfiction one right now nice. that I will finish before the new year. Well, I, I have a nonfiction on... in my top 10. So you should read the nonfiction Dang. that's in my top 10. I know. I know. But See, only I one. just, I have a really hard time when there's books that capture my imagination to read a book. But there are nonfiction books that can capture your imagination. I have some writing. Like how to Technique books, books I yeah. guess. I want to read um fight right by carla hotch which is like how to write good fight scenes um that's been on my list for the last two years you should read stephen king's writing book it's so funny (laughs) 
<laughs> it's honestly I, so funny. I have nice. saved the cat, which is what everyone swears by for outlining. Oh, <laughs> um, so I started this one See, again. I started it and I, uh, See, what works for me with things like that is because the nonfiction that I read is usually stuff that has some sort of emotional imagination tied to mm. it. That's like about a specific time period or something. But for books like that, I have read a lot of books like that. And I have to dedicate it to a certain time. Like tell yourself to read like for 15 minutes every day when you're eating breakfast or something like that. Like mm, when I used to. Yeah. When I was at my old job and I was taking lunch breaks, I would read on my lunch breaks. And I got a lot read just on those 30 minute breaks. And now I don't take lunch breaks. So like. I don't do that. But it was a great way to get reading done and to read nonfiction because then I wasn't interrupting my workday with like wanting to read fiction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So something like that was helpful for me. So there's those two. And then there's um, Gentle and Lowly. I want to actually finish that book. I've I just started finished it. that the other day. Did you? <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, that's by Dan Ortland, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've gotten halfway through it twice. And then the group I'm reading it with just like stopped reading it. So I stopped reading it. It's good. Um, but yes, I want to finish it. So I might pull that out and finish it at the beginning of 2024 so that I can say I finished a nonfiction book, at least one. So it is good. It is good. Those are my my goals for 2024. Nice. nice. Nothing extreme because then oh, yeah. I don't fail. <laughs> just low expectation, low disappointment. It, there you go. So I'm not going to set, well, I am going to set a number goal on Goodreads so I could do the reading challenge, but I'm not going to say how many books I read this year. And I'm not going to say how many I want to read because I've read, I read more than this year than I've ever read in a year ever. That's crazy too. Cause you've been super busy. I, this year has been crazy. The only time that it was realistic for me to read a lot was when I was traveling for three months and even then it wasn't super like I wasn't reading all the time so I but don't you didn't know read what that happens. much and you traveled did you no I, I did I did when I was living in England when I was okay. traveling actively I didn't read as much but when I was living in England by myself for those few months I read quite a bit but still like I cannot believe that I got to this number. So, but I I don't want to pressure myself and I don't want to expect myself to reach that again because it's really fine if I don't. I just want to mm-hmm. keep diversifying what I'm reading and keep learning and keep anyway. So, my goals for 2024 is I want to go back and read some of the books that have been on my TBR for a long time. I know I talked about this a little bit in the last episode just because when I'm looking for audiobooks lately, I've been going way back into the old days of my TBR building and trying to pull some things from that and I've been honestly surprised at the quality of books that I was working as want to read as a teenager. And I go through and like if something doesn't sound good anymore, I'll take it off, but but if I find something and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, I still want to read this and listen to it. I'm like, wow, this is actually good. You know, so I want to read more books that are way back in my TBR. I don't just want to read books that I just heard of, you know, a few months ago. So that's a goal. And then so this year I read Les Mis. Amazing. And the year before I read The Count of Monte Cristo. So this year I want to read another fat classic, another <laughs> fat super classic. thick <laughs> over usually by, by fat classic. I mean, over a thousand pages. How long is the Tale of Two Cities? Oh, <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I 
I'm just saying that's a fat classic I'm pretty sure it's a fat classic you see I don't know what I want to what fat classic I want to read I'm trying to think of what else there is a tale of two cities is only 489 pages but it it is on my want to read I could Um, read war and peace I do want to read war and peace maybe I'll read war and peace this year oh or Anna Karenina or I want to read crime and punishment too See, there's lots of books to choose from that are super, super long that are on my list. So I think Les Mis and The Count of Monte Cristo were like the highest on my list for fat classics. So, but now that I'm done with them. Oh, you could read The Phantom of the Opera. I don't think that's big. It's not, that's not big, but it's a lot. It is a lot. I do want to read that. Like it's just very dense. That's true. Not necessarily fat, but dense. (laughs) Yeah. So that's another goal. So if anyone has fat classic recommendations, message us on Instagram and let me know because I need some recommendations. <laughs> Why do I want to make a board like a like a shelf on Goodreads now called Fat Classics and just like list all of the really like, I, I would love that. Okay, so another goal I have in this <laughs> I say this every single year, but I want to read more translated books. And I think I You did I, this I year. Don't know. I, I did this year. I did read more translated books. Mm-hmm. I read some translated from Russian. I read some translated from Japanese. Uh, French, that Japanese before, you, or, before the coffee gets cold. Wasn't that Japanese? That's yep. That's Japanese. I read. I think I read one translated from Korean. I read one. I've read some translated from German. But I don't know if that was this year. So I've I've widened my horizons. But I want to keep going and I want to read books from other origins and from other places that have been translated and not originally written in English. So I give myself a little mini pat on the back, but I want to keep going with that. And then um, the last thing I want to do in in 2024, which is not very um, reading specific, is I just want to talk to non-readers about books more. Like, I feel like I Mm. never talk to non-readers about books and I don't know why like it's not like the non-readers in my life don't know I'm a reader of course they know but I just like I don't want to push it on anyone but I found that if I just naturally bring up books in a conversation I feel more at ease and then usually my non-reader friends might even actually pick up a book if I'm not you know pressuring them about it so yeah that's a goal let's see I pressure people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well when called for <laughs> depends how well i know them <laughs> so i actually forgot i do have one more goal <laughs> you have a lot more goals than me man <laughs> i have a lot of goals so one thing i've been trying to do more lately is on goodreads when i you know when you like can update your progress you can leave an update of what you're thinking so far mm-hmm. i never used to use that at all but in the last like month or two I have been using that to write down like the silly little thoughts that I have. And sometimes they're not (laughs) even like full sentences. Sometimes it's like one word or like a random phrase or like just an expression or something that like really fits if you've read the book or if you're in that scene, but might seem kind of obscure (laughs) if you don't know what the book is about. I think it's just fun. I love it as a as a person who looked at Goodreads when people do that because it makes me curious for the book yes that too like I posted one the other day I don't remember what book it was I was like the twist that just twisted the twist that just twisted blew my mind and like it has your percentage so people who like then pick up the book like oh that's what she was talking about yeah this percent of the book yeah 
I love it. I did so I think the first book I really started doing this with is Les Mis and I left so many random little like (laughs) remarks throughout the my up my progress updated so I want to keep doing that and to just like keep dropping little thoughts and and because I read a lot of books that no one else is reading and I don't talk to anyone about so I think it's good to share those thoughts and to not you know be so isolated in it so that's another goal let's talk about our rereads so I actually read more rereads this year than I think I ever have like I read quite a few rereads for me I don't usually reread a lot so proud of that but we're just gonna pick our top favorite reread of 2023 oh just the top one yes kirsten i have four (laughs) (laughs) just one pick one the wonderland trials i listened to the audio of it and it was amazing and i caught things because i'd read it already so when you listen to it you catch things you didn't before absolutely and that was really cool and the narrators were awesome and mine was Surprise, surprise, The Outsiders, because it's my favorite book, and I read it again, and it was even better than before, <laughs> so it was great. That's by S.E. Hinton. Okay, we're going to jump into, should we start with honorable mentions? Yes, yes, and then we should go down 10 to 1. Not that yeah, they're in any particular order, but... Mine are in order that I read them. So 1 okay. is more recent, and 10 is like closer to the beginning of the year. Mine are not, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, so these ones, I was I was waffling back and forth between mm, some of these <laughs> because these these could have been in my top ten, and they were just like they just didn't stick with me as long as some of these other ones. So they made it into honorable mentions. Okay. But one of my honorable mentions is the murder of Mister Wickham by Claudia Gray. It was mm. like the first cozy mystery i've read in a very 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 long time this one just gave me the warm fuzzies for more trying to finish my sherlock collection just because that book made me nostalgic for like classic mystery writing just because of the way claudia gray wrote the jane austen vibe with the i'm also very excited for the third book in the series if a book can get you interested in reading other books and like make you feel like getting into something that you haven't in a while like that's a really good sign Mm -hmm. it just was not as good as some of the other ones on my list in my opinion Mm -hmm. so it's an honorable mention because it it would have been like 11 on the list probably but okay just didn't quite quite elevate it it's okay it didn't make it into my list either (laughs) but i i did really that's because you only didn't you only give it four stars though yeah so my first honorable mention Oh, it was so hard to take this off the top 10 list, but I had to choose something, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Are you looking at it on the shelf as you say that? (laughs) I feel bad. It's a classic. I forget Um, authors all the time, though, so it's fine. Okay, so I loved this book. It was just the right amount of weird for me. I thought it was so much fun. I have the sequel. I really want to read it this year. It was so much fun. Just as a reminder, I read this book over the summer, but this book is just a kooky, crazy science fiction story that kind of birthed a whole new genre of science fiction. And I'm not a huge science fiction person, but I loved this book. It's all about the Earth's death, basically, which sounds sad, but the book isn't sad. It's about very it's about a very average person escaping Earth with some very strange people and basically hitchhiking through the galaxy on someone else's ship. So it's so funny. You'll laugh out loud. I highly recommend if you haven't read it yet. Okay. The Brothers Hawthorne by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, which I've already kind of talked about. So I'm just gonna 
say it, it was just not a top tier mm-hmm. read, but it was like I still thought about it a lot, just like not enough to make it into the top ten. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm very excited for book two. Like I will probably she's probably an auto buy author for me from now on. Wow. <laughs> Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Cause she, and then I don't read a lot of modern popular you don't read popular YA fic. Pop culture. Yeah. Pop yeah. pop fiction. I guess is that what it's called? Popular fiction. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to talk about this much, but one of my honorable mentions is in this moment, which is the second timeless book. And I just talked about that series. So, yeah, that almost made it into into my top 10 because it was very, very good. And I loved it, but just barely didn't make the cut. She she told me before she got on, it was like, it was 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 another one. It was in my original list and it was in the last like five that I was debating between like I had to cut five and and yeah. Guess we could have done top 15, but that was taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> my last honorable mention is Steel Fire from the Gods by Clint Hall. This book was very oh, unique. I didn't know. Yeah, I remember talking about this book. I didn't. I think I would have expected this to be in your top 10. Yeah, I think. I loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. It was just so different from anything I read. And it wasn't quite what I was expecting that it it shook me a little bit. And I thought about it for a very long time after finishing it. But I don't think it's one I'll necessarily reread. Yeah. If that makes sense. As yeah, a lot no, of these that are on the top ones are ones I'll probably eventually someday reread or let my kids read with me or something. This one was just so wild <laughs> and like that I still makes think you want to read it <laughs> it's really good it's a short read it's very short I don't even know what category you put it in they marketed it as sci-fi but it has a lot of fantasy elements as well science fantasy I guess which isn't technically a genre but it just didn't quite make it but I'm excited for more from Clint in the future because it, it was very well written well definitely on my TBR my last honorable mention is Mosquito Land by David Arnold. I'm honestly so sad this didn't make it onto my top 10. I love this book. It was really good. This is the book I talked about a little while ago about the road trip. It's about this girl who goes on a road trip and she's trying to get to her mom. And, you know, and oh, David Arnold is so brilliant. He's it's he's just it's one of those books that you just get trapped in. And it's so weird you can't say why you enjoy being in the space of the book, but you just can't get enough of it. And it was there was a few moments in the book where I was just like, whoa, I did not expect that to happen at all. And and I love that in a book that's set in like a modern world. Like I love those really mm. unexpected moments. So yeah, I wish it would have, but it just it's an honorable mention for me. So okay, top 10. My order is in no particular order until I get to like my top five, but I'm starting from number 10 and going to number one. Kirsten's is from latest read to most yes. recent as number one, just in case anyone was confused. My number one is my number one read, though, of this year. Ooh. Okay. So. Okay. Do you want to kick us off? Yes. So number 10 is Suspended in the Stars by E.A. Hendricks. This is a mm. sci-fi fantasy. And I loved it. Space Circus, On the Run, Galaxy. It's like Star Wars meets Tangled meets Greatest Showman. That's that's how I describe it to people. Emily said, the author said that the main character reminds her of Flynn Rider. And that basically sold me to read it. 
<laughs> so if you want to read a uh, spacey Flynn Rider. Okay. I feel like I don't want to say it's number 10 because it's it's not in that order. But my the first top 10 book I read earlier this year is Piranesi by Susanna Clark. <laughs> this was a buddy read with a friend of mine and we were both geeking out the whole time. This book, I have so many notes in. It's annotated so much. It's one of those books where you have to like unravel it and figure out what is going on as you read and you don't get answers until the end. It's so confusing. It's so good. I have a Pinterest board for it. And the Pinterest board is just filled with old abandoned statues and marble entryways and oceans and these beautiful walls. Like, do I need to say anything else? It's so good. It's like mind games, but also like really sweet, wholesome character who you're just so confused about and trying to analyze the whole time. So pure Nessie. Such a classic. So good. Next up, I have Love and Other Great Expectations by Becky Dean. It's cool to hear what's on your own list. Because <laughs> I remember all of these. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably talked about every single one of these on the podcast. I think I did too. Yeah, you did talk. Period Nessie was towards the beginning of last year. You mm-hmm. talked about it. This one was too for me because I got it for my birthday and I read it fairly soon after that. And I discovered how much I love Becky Dean's writing. And I met her at Realmakers this year. It was, she's just amazing. Um, she writes sci-fi too, which I have on my TBR. To read oh, wow. sci-fi. Yeah, I just love this one. I loved the characters traveling in Europe or England um, on like this giant scavenger hunt. I really think you need to read this. I think you would love it. I want to. It's on my list. Because um, they, they get sent to England and they have clues and they have to do the scavenger hunt and then write a paper on what they learned. Um, on that's, the, on the that's go go across go on this cross country <laughs> well, British scavenger hunt and then write a paper about it <laughs> and the, well then they'll win like like what they're gonna do with the money that they earn from like if they win or whatever and like what they learned on the trip it's like it's it's a thing there she, okay. the girls can earn like it's like a hundred thousand dollars toward whatever and she wants to use wow. it to go to to school to college there's like all sorts of British author quotes in it and places and it's it's not your typical YA romance novel like it's it's written like Casey West but it's not a Casey West book and I just I loved it it was so deep and complex and I loved it I'm excited that was love and other great expectations by Becky Dean my next book is probably on many people's top 10 from several years ago (laughs) (laughs) that's the era i read in it's the nightingale by Kristen hannah oh my goodness no one's ever heard of this book (laughs) not like it was all over instagram whatever i just it was my first Kristen hannah book i've I've read two since then so i've read three Kristen hannah books this year but the nightingale was the first and it's still my favorite and it it i just think about it like i still think about it and i read this like last winter i still think about it to this day it's just so – I was thinking about it like a few days ago. It's just so <laughs> raw and deep, and it makes you think about things that you might never have thought about. Like what would you actually do in this horrible situation? Like things that mm. – like situations that you've always thought like, oh, yeah, I would obviously do this or this. But like there is not an easy answer to like those kinds of dilemmas. And like 
just the endurance and I love how like one of the characters she starts out as this rebellious stubborn girl and she grows up into this enduring stubborn rebellious woman and like those values are forced to become like they're they're hindrances that are forced to become values for her and she's forced Mm. to use them to endure and to get through the war and to get through everything she has to get through and like this book isn't perfect and there's definitely some trigger warnings but it's (laughs) so good anyway that's on my top 10 list i remember you talking about that one too it's so good it hurts (laughs) number eight i'm not gonna talk a whole lot about this one because i mentioned it because the sequel is in my anticipated reads but estuary by lisa t bergen yes italy medieval knights time travel ah it was so good (laughs) estuary by lisa t bergen (laughs) well next i'm going to talk about the nonfiction on my list and it is the only plane in the sky by garrett graff this was my first garrett graff book and i've also read like four or five of his books this year and they're all nonfiction. and this was the best one like i love this book so much this is an audio compilation of and it it is a book i don't think it's written though i don't know if it is but it's a compilation of experiences of 9-11 perspectives from all over the country and i knew the basics of 9-11 but i learned so much i still think about this book to this day (laughs) that's what qualifies it as a top 10 and it's so good i like there were a lot of moments where i just it was hard to listen to And I'm sure it's much harder to listen to for those who have more concrete memories of the day. Mm -hmm. But you you just get into the perspective of people who, like, actually, a a lot of people who were in the Twin Towers are in this book. Like, people who were working that day in that building Mm -hmm. and remember what it was like to crawl out of it. And people who remember looking up and seeing people fall out of the sky like it's really really tragic obviously but it's so so eye-opening and it makes you realize so many things about our country and our world and and it's just very it really pulls on your empathy but in a new way that I've never really I don't even know how to describe it it's just so well done yeah that's the only play in the sky if you want to listen to my review it's in an older episode Next for me, I have The Colors of Rain by Abigail Haven. I just read this one in November. I have, like, no words for it. (laughs) I I endorsed it, but it was just, like, I finished it, and I was like, whoa. Like, Mm. it was just so good. Just the way Abigail captured three different sides of loss and growing up and Mm -hmm. going through hard things how different people deal with it 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 was just very well done and it's amazing because mm. it's her debut novel it was just so good and i still think about it a lot it hits you hard and holds mm. on for a long time after you finish reading <laughs> it yeah maybe, the colors of rain by abigail haven maybe we'll see that in my top 10 reads of 2024 <laughs> yeah okay this next book my mom's not gonna like this. This is on my top 10 because she tried to read this book and she like immediately gave up. And this book is not for everyone. My next book I'm is- scared now. <laughs> my next book is The Waves by Virginia Woolf. This book, man, I don't think I'd ever really heard of this book. It's not one of Virginia Woolf's more popular books. 
and I've read other things by Virginia Woolf and I, I really liked like her long form essays that I read in high school and but when I read um, Mrs. Dalloway when I was in college I was I didn't like it I wasn't a fan but the way mm, this I think is actually other than the bible this is the most annotated book that I own um, I annotated the heck out of this book it is so it's like this deep dive into the human experience of transitioning from a, peri a period of your life that is filled with study and intention and discovery and focus on self into a period of life when your life is not designed for you to be focused on yourself, but what happens when you are anyway. And I would not have said that that's what it was about when I read it, but I think about it a lot. And it's about friendship and it's about self and it's about others and it's about children and adults and like the way that your brains interact and all, it goes between six different or is it six yeah six different perspectives of these kids that grow up together and become adults to the ends of their lives it covers the entirety of their lives but it's not a long book and it's this jumbled form of their perspectives and it's so it's like just this prose that just is kind of scrambled and runs back and forth. And there's all these themes that are constantly connecting and, oh, it's so good, but it's not like a happy, warm, nice storybook. It's like a hits you deep. Like I let me think about this, like study it in literature class book. It's so good. Okay. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I love how different our top 10 lists are. Like, mine are, like, as Abby would say, brain candy, and yours are just, like, except for a few. Like, I wouldn't say the covers of brain is brain candy, but um, yeah. I just think it's so funny. They're very different. <laughs> I'll have more fun books coming up. Don't worry. Up next on my list, I have The Assassin Bride by Anastasia Blythe. Oh, this book was so good. And I am, I should have said the sequel of this one for an upcoming 2024 release because i believe it's released oh, in yeah. 2024 but the sequel i am dying to know what high, like happens in this book i was under the misconception that this book was a standalone when i was reading it it's not Ooh, i love that <laughs> it is <moment>. not so <laughs> it ends well enough that you're satisfied but you get a you get an epilogue from a certain perspective and you're like what the heck <laughs> yeah yeah so i talked about this book a few few months ago and it's it's a blend of like western fantasy with in within a world that is like middle eastern and vibe okay so there's gins and genies mentioned things like that but the never seen keen is got ties to like a western mythology um so mm -hmm. it's a very fun blend that i didn't quite expect and the way it works is just so much fun and it's it's got the kidnapped bride storyline but in a not steamy creepy gross way if that makes sense <laughs> you know, know a lot of those books are like they're like extremely like Stockholm syndrome you don't know what you're getting into and so yeah. this one you you kind of know what you're getting into and it's really fun because the main character um is an assassin obviously and she does not want to be kidnapped by the Never Seen King. And she's going to get out of that place no matter what. She's trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And it's just a very fun read. I liked the, the friendships in it were really good. The world building was really good. And it was just a very fun read. Um, and it made it on this list because, yeah, I want to know what happens in the next book. 
Yeah. And this one was thick too. It was a thick book. So that's why I thought it was a standalone. <laughs> a standalone because I'm goofy. <laughs> but yeah, The Assassin Bride by nice. Anastasia Bly. Cool. Okay. Uh, next for me is The Great Coats series. I'm sorry. Okay, listen, I read the whole series this year. The first. <laughs> I whatever I have a lot of books <laughs> that are on my list um, hey I had a lot more to choose from okay that's true you <laughs> did read a lot more than me I will give you that um so this is by, <laughs> by... I don't know who's worse at remembering author names I think I'm worse at remembering character names no she's horrible at that she... although I cannot for the life of me remember the main character <laughs> let me see Sebastian like, the Castell. That's very... okay. That's fair. That's a hard name, <laughs> but it's it's unique. So you kind of think I remember it. So it's the Great Coat series. I did a whole review on this. This is a fantasy, a fantasy series. This is a fantasy series that is not for the faint of heart. It is also not for the super innocent and sensitive soul. It's a little bit more adult. It's a little bit more serious and intense like when there's a torture scene there's a torture scene and when they want to make a crude joke they make a very crude joke like but all of that aside it is hilarious and very well done and one of my favorite fantasy series ever but based on our audience just 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 do some research maybe listen to my other review of it but oh my goodness i love this is definitely in my top 10 the great coat series if I had to like comp it, I'd say it's a mix between Brandon Sanderson and Jennifer Nielsen's writing. So like the False Prince and then like Brandon Sanderson. Like if you combined those and put like the witty with like the bitter sulky, it's kind of a mix of those. So well done. Okay, you go. <laughs> so these are kind of in order now, these last five. So number five is A Name Long Buried by C.M. Bonchbach. <laughs> this is another one. This is like the one Kirsten just said that you if you should do your research because it's a little bit gritty, it's a little bit gory, there's a little bit of language in it. But holy crap, this book was so good. This duology just guts me. Like the first book really leans you into like the trauma these characters have experienced within within this gain of why are you laughing? <laughs> Funny. Like the first book is about the trauma. <laughs> No, it is. It really is. It like kind of shows you like what goes on in this like motorcycle game and how like abused they all are. And and there's the Fun. main character. It's Larmy's view of it from like an outside perspective of someone who's had a loving home and in a, a safe life to come into this like mm-hmm. violent, nasty, evil game. I want to read it. And it and the second one is is her and this character have escaped and you find out who he is in the course of the book. But Jared learning to heal from everything he's been through and that you are not your past. You are not your mistakes. There is hope. There is joy in life still. Mm -hmm. There's healing. And it's just breaking the bonds of like your prison, both literally and figuratively. And just, yeah, it's so good. It is so good. And I'm so excited that that Claire re-released them under her, her imprint and just, Oh, they're so good. Most of the books that are on your top to 10 are ones that are on my TBR. (laughs) So then I'm cheating again, but this is the last time I'm cheating. See, the thing is, I would not put any individual book on the list for my top 10, but the collective series is in my top 10. 
But that is the Janie Johnson series by Caroline B. Cooney. If you read this series, you're probably like, what? Really? You liked that that much? The answer is yes, I did. Okay, I know this is different from any other book I've said so far. But this is the mil- the Face on the Milk Carton series that a lot of people know, the Face on the Milk Carton book. The first one is actually my least favorite. And half of the reason I love these books so much is because of the audiobook reader, who is my favorite audiobook reader, Elizabeth Bresnahan. I love her so much. She is brilliant at everything she does. Her reading is my just, I could listen to her all day. And it her reading just paired perfectly with the Janie Johnson series. She's very thoughtful and she's, she can, if there's internal dialogue going on, she will make you fascinated in it. And she will make you like feel like you're thinking the thoughts yourself. Like she's so good at what she does, but I, I truly love the series too. It's, I mean, the whole premise is Janie Johnson is a teenager in high school and she sees her own baby photo in one of the milk carton series and she goes i've never been kidnapped before what the heck and the entire thing unravels from there it's so good a lot of it is family tension a lot of it is just in general growing up in life it starts when she's in the middle of high school and it ends when she is in college like getting to the end of college i think and it's so good. I don't even know who to recommend this to because it's so weird and like it's so different <laughs> from everything else I read. It's a very niche, niche it's, audience. It's I guess so. Like it's kind of a young audience, but also not really. I don't know. Like it's very serious topics, like big life things, but it's also not like trigger warnings or anything like that. So I don't I don't know. Like I don't think you would enjoy it. But I wouldn't have recommended it to myself if I really knew everything mm. it was about. But like, but I loved it. It's literally on my top ten. Like, I, it was that good. It was just the the whole experience of the series will stay with me for a really long time. So, what sucks for you? Number four for me was Juniper Bean Resorts to Murder by Gracie Ruth Mitchell. I freaking love this book. I listened to it on audio, and then after I had read it on my Kindle, and it is just amazing i read that one (laughs) she did read that one because i told her to it's got the humor and wit of a rom-com with the cozy mystery vibe and the grumpy sunshine trope wacky female serious male it's just it is amazing it was really good i love the sequel too because juniper and aiden show up in it um heidi lucy loses her mind it's and i liked the guy in that one a little bit more he was just like a very soft character soft and so gentle with with lucy it was so cute but aiden and juniper just are amazing and (laughs) i loved this book and i think about it a lot because it was just such a unique read so that was juniper being resorts to murder by gracie ruth mitchell okay next (laughs) i'm gonna talk about cloud cuckoo land just a little bit okay why does that always make me think of kirby though Kirby Epic Yarn has a world in it that's called Cloud Cuckoo Land. Okay. That's just super random. Never mind. Okay, well, continue. No, it's okay. This... I remember you talking about this the first time. Oh my gosh. This book was never, like, uh, it was a very obvious top 10 for me. Like, I, I never doubted it would make it onto my top 10. I mean, I never thought about it, but when I was making my list, it was never a possibility for being removed. Cloud Cuckoo Land is so weird this was another one that my mom tried and and didn't like didn't like 
which we have different tastes too it's just like me and anna i mean we have different tastes but uh-huh. sometimes they overlap uh-huh. um which is good because if we were doing a podcast and we had the exact same taste it wouldn't be as interesting it wouldn't be so cloud cuckoo land i'm not even gonna give a summary traditionally because it's so strange but it's basically a bunch of different stories from different time periods literally from future space to super 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 long ago like like definitely the early centuries of ad i think that's when it is so spans across forever you see wars you see isolation you see normal family stories you see kids in school and every single one of them is connected to cloud cuckoo land somehow I will not lie. I think I might have mentioned this in my review of it on our podcast, but some of my um, like computer passwords were based off of this. <laughs> I don't think you did say that. Same thing with Great Coats, that. actually. And Les Mis. I think those three books I take my computer passwords for or from. So Club Cuckoo Lane So now you know. Yeah, now you know what my pa- – no, you don't know. I don't think you can guess it based on that. But I just – and, like, throughout the story, you're getting glimpses of the story, and it will insert, like, excerpts of the actual story and, like, the myth and what it's about and how it engages all the stories. And then the stories at the end start to tie together in all these super unique ways. And it's so intricate yeah. and beautiful. And just, like, for the first quarter of it, I was like, okay. And then the second quarter, I was like, okay and then the third quarter i was like okay and then the fourth quarter i was like okay <laughs> i was like a review of a book now you know <laughs> all right you should, you should talk now that's funny i love that that was so funny okay <laughs> oh goodness i don't know if i can follow that up okay my third top read for 2023 was leviathan by brian mcbride I want you to read the series, but I'm not sure if you would actually enjoy it. That you know that makes me want to read it more. Yeah, because right? <laughs> it's it's very National Treasure. Ooh, I vibe. like National like, Treasure. Like so ridiculous that no one dies. First of all, they have all these near death experiences, and no one dies. Like it's just it's very weird, very action adventure, very found family. I don't know how to explain Brian's writing. It's just so good. Like you either love it or hate it. I, that's what I've noticed um, in the reviews. Leviathan was just and it's amazing continuation to the Mammoth series, and you get more of the seven main characters. I had to think about how many things <laughs> he keeps adding more. <laughs> the seven main characters and more crazy adventures and more like surprises. There were a couple that I was like, what? the heck brian more like just heartfelt moments the found family is honestly my favorite aspect of this book and just the persevering through hard times and i'm like dying for book four he's working on another book right now but book four man i need it i need it brian if you're listening brian you better be listening (laughs) (laughs) i need it i don't know if he's announced the title yet so i'm gonna say it but yeah i'm just I'm I'm ready for it. It's just so good. And I just love the character. Like literally when I read a McBride book, especially the Mammoth, I it becomes my personality for like a solid three months. <laughs> I dress like the characters. I think oh about it constantly. Word. I listen to the playlist I made for it. You can I run just, through fire without being I, burned. You're invincible. Oh gosh. I want to go to the Pacific Northwest just to take pictures with these books outside in the mountains. 
Like, I swear, I just want to dress like the characters and go hiking. And An expensive pictures. photo. <laughs> it's just, I love it. I love the characters. I feel like they're my friends. And I'm I'm going to be really sad with book four. But there's another top uh, anticipated book of 2024. It's the fourth one of that. But it's just so mm. good. And so it made my top three. I just, I get so excited when I get to beta read Wow, stuff. Brian so really fun. better be listening to this. Yeah, he better. Top three. <laughs> okay. Number three, or not number three, but the next book I'm going to talk about is Les Mis is in my top 10. I don't think I would have like predicted that it would be in my top 10 when I was for sure reading it. But even like the first section, so like the amount of a normal novel Victor Hugo uses to talk about one person in like the introduction. <laughs> and Dang. in this one, that person is the bishop and... Even that was super interesting. And like the it's just every single stage of the story is so well developed. And I never like Jean Valjean is so dynamic. Mm -hmm. He does not have a linear journey, which I see as a huge green flag in a story because none of us are developing as people in a linear path like we're not always just going straight on up like we go up and down and up and down and we have all of these different layers and we're very complex and to see that in a book where it's not just like point a point b point b is farther along than point a like that's not how growth works and jean valjean like you see his faults obviously at the beginning when he's a criminal but you relate to his faults much more at the end when he's so vulnerable and you've gone through so you've gone through a million yeah. pages with him and you've gone to points where you're like wow this man is incredible and you've gone to points where you're like wow this man could become a villain in a heartbeat and he's mm -hmm. so oh and like oh the book is so good i know that i don't need to amp lamez up because it's lamez but i loved it i loved it so much i would really recommend it to anyone who has ever enjoyed any classic. It's so good. And I mean, it was a very well-chosen fat classic. So if someone can recommend a fat classic that is up there with Les Mis and Count of Monte Cristo, I will thank you forever. Okay, so I'm going to say this now. These two are like so close. Like I want them both to be my top read, but they can't be. So number two is The Looking Glass Illusion by Sarah Ella. I, okay, I literally had such a hard time picking which one was was top. I, I wait. You can just tell us both at the same time because my last no, so you both, okay. Together. Yeah, my number one. So number two is the Looking Glass Illusion by Sarah Ella, and number one is Until the Rising by Amber Kirkpatrick. Mm. I have talked about these ones multiple times. I wanted to recommend them multiple times. Kirsten wouldn't let me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I want you talk about them multiple times. Love these books. The Looking Glass Illusion had me, both books had me bawling. Let me just say that. Until the Rising, I was, I had started it on the 30th of December in 2022. And I was reading it on New Year's Eve. And I got to about the halfway point and something happened. And I got so sad and so mad and so shocked that I had to put the book down for the rest of the night. Also, <laughs> I wanted to have it as my first read of 2023. In my gut, I had a feeling that she was going to pull something. See, this is a lot. At the beginning. I want to read this, but I need to be properly prepared. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you what happens, but you got to cut it out of the of No, the I don't want to know. I want to read you know, it. You said properly prepared. So no, I can that tell doesn't you. Spoiler. <laughs> It's it's so good though the 
it it makes you feel like you know the the fantasy books you read in high school yes that just stuck with Mm. you yes it's like that but for adults like it's like a warm hug from your childhood favorite books but written for an adult audience okay now now you're selling me on it that sounds that sounds good (laughs) it's so good and i and the bound family and the brothers but yeah amber just has a way of writing like brothers that are just they feel real like they feel like a family and i absolutely love it and then the looking glass illusion i would say the curious realities is the top duology i have ever read whoa he paced it perfectly it ended it wasn't like climax 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 okay we're done it was like it it climaxed and then it like eased down and it was just perfect and the way she there's an epilogue so you get to see like what happens afterwards and it was just like the right balance of everything the characters were amazing we get cheshire's point of view yay great um the narrators are awesome too i started i haven't finished it yet but the looking glass solution audiobook is very good so far and then the 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 climax of the story i don't know if it's just the season of life i was in because i read it in july or if it was just I, i like i don't know but it was just absolutely hit me in the heart and i was crying and i was like this is beautiful and I love it so much. So, like, literally, these two books are so hard to, like, pick. Like, they just kind of, like, some elements beat each other out and other ones don't. And it's just, oh, I don't know. They're just amazing. They're both amazing. Everyone should read them. And I will champion them forever. Hmm. Sarah's never going to get me out of her DMs. Neither is Amber. <laughs> they're stuck with me as their I think they're probably girl. okay with that. <laughs> I love them so enough fangirling for me but well my last two kind of go together too so this is embarrassing i have I'm embarrassed anna why i have two brandon sanderson books in my top 10 there's That's, nothing wrong with that i'm embarrassed why the fact that you've read a sanderson is impressive to me because i have tried multiple times to read mistborn and i'm like this is too much and i can't do it i don't know why i just feel like i know that it, i don't need to be with the cool crowd but i feel like the cool crowd right now is like brandon sanderson is so last year we need to read like super abstract th- literature now and i'm like who cares <laughs> i'm not with the cool kids because all i read is indie authors which are cool they are cool indie authors are cool. i just however i, think, I don't fit in I with think, the niche <laughs> i think it's more that i i like to diversify my reading so the fact that i have two of the same author on my top 10 it's fine but if he is a good author that's true and the thing is like i read more of his books than these two (laughs) which is fine it's fine it's not a big deal it's not a big deal get over it read what you like who cares well so the two brandon sanderson books that are at the end of my top 10 are Warbreaker and Trust of the Emerald Sea i literally just talked about Trust of the Emerald Sea Mm -hmm. in our last episode you should go listen to it and it was incredible. And Warbreaker is was published so long ago. And I really, really want the sequel because there's definitely going to be a sequel eventually after like a million other books. I I think if I had to choose between them, between them, I would say Tress of the Emerald Sea is more fun. And Warbreaker is more like it stays with me longer and it's more powerful 
because of everything that's in it. So it's kind of like a riches to rags story, or it's like a riches to rags to rebel story. I don't know. I don't even like it's so good because one of the characters is always being taken advantage of. She's trying so hard not to be naive. And you don't think she's being naive either, but she keeps getting tricked and she's so frustrated. And <laughs> eventually she like figures some stuff out. And then another character, like you keep expecting her story to go one way and then it goes the exact opposite. Like it's just so well done. I love the fantasy elements. It's a very, very well crafted world and well-crafted story so yeah that's my top 10 and I just I'm really excited to read more of the Cosmere series I know that a lot of people have read the entire thing I don't think I'll get there but I'm really excited to see what will be on my top 10 for next year based on my anticipated reads for 2024 thank you for listening to old enough for fairy tales I'm Kirsten, and you can find me at bookishly underscore aesthetic on Instagram. And I'm Anna. You can find me on Instagram at Anna underscore Augustine underscore author. And you can find our podcast on Instagram at Old Enough for Fairy Tales podcast, or you can email us at Old Enough for Fairy Tales dot podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. Kirsten's now dead. (laughs) Last episode because I am deceased. She is deceased.